Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 223 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden 201 and two, uh, through 204, and also the second episode of Star Wars Vision Season 2, where in one, a girl pursues hope by seeking a ghost in a cave, and in the other, a boy pursues revenge by trying to murder various heads of state. Sometimes, it ends up being that you just need to kill a ghost. And I, I know what you're saying here. Spencer. It's a ghost. That means it's already dead. But I, I'm going to throw it out to you that you don't know. You don't know if it's a ghost or not. You don't know. It, it might be one of other different kinds of mystical beings. And I swear, if I've learned anything from playing fantasy games, you can definitely eat a ghost. You can eat a ghost and gain its ghost powers. You, too, can become the Ghost King if you could just eat a ghost. You just got to eat one. Little ghost, just gotta. <clears throat> Sorry, what were you we talking about? Anyways, let's jump in. You got real heated during that one. Sometimes you gotta eat a ghost. Hey, everybody. Uh, well, I guess. Our uh, poll is up. You should go yeah. vote on it. Do it. There's uh, right now. We're gonna watch there's... Fire Force. That's uh, what the poll says right now. But uh, yeah, you can change that five if you options. wanted to vote for something else. Yeah. You know, um, that's what's in the current lead. But we've got, let's see, next week is Bleach. So you have a, you have another week to vote. Uh, and we're not going to mention it on next week's episode uh, with the caveat that you might hear it if you're a Patreon subscriber. Because, as you remember, we're going to pick up Bleach next week. And... Uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll get a new episode of Bleach continuing on from where we left off. And if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you will get the first episode of Bleach from uh, like two years ago. So you will not be warned of this voting, but I'm warning you now. You'll have some time into next week to vote before we have to like lock it in and get ready to record. Uh, if you want Fire Force to win, it's currently winning. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's on there. My Hero Academia is on there. Two other things are on there that I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, if you want one of right those now, things, you got to vote. Right now, in uh, first is Fire Force, and in second right. is My Hero by literally one vote. Oh. Well, you got to vote because uh, I didn't realize it was that close, but it is close. And also, you know, sometimes people don't vote because they think that the thing they want to win is a foregone conclusion and or because they think it's currently winning. And so that will continue to be true and other people vote. And then it's not true anymore. And so if you want whatever to win, you got to vote because that's how that works. (laughs) Yeah, that's just true. And any time that you're given the opportunity to vote, you should probably do it. Yeah, you should, you should, you should, you should vote. All right. So Uh, you want to talk about Star Wars? Are you ready to just talk about Star Wars? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any news. Do you have news? No, I don't have any news. Mostly because I've been just fucking living my my life inside of this Star Wars thing. Um, yeah. Okay, here we go. You know, it's... It's it's so fucking good. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you how Reach, good Screechers right? Reach is. 
Yeah, I've, well, I've only watched the first three because, as we discussed last week, we changed sort of mid-recording. Instead of covering three a week, we're going to cover one a week because they make us think a lot. So um, I've only watched the first three. It's been like a, a week and change now because of some recording delays that we've had. Uh, and this one's still, I just think about it a lot. I really liked this one. Yeah. This one this might... Is my favorite of the first three. Like, like we, we've watched... Uh, so I have I have watched a total of five of them now. Um, oh, okay. Because you're just, this is this is who I am, rogue. and this is what it yeah. is. Um, I have yourself, watched uh, the the first two twice at least. The first the first one I watched twice so that we could talk about it. This one I have watched three times, and uh, I know that we said on the previous. Uh, Star Wars visions that we were really, really, really interested into that one that uh, that where they like fought all the Sith to the death at the end of it, and they they ended up being like an ambush and a setup sort of thing. Um, that we would watch the shit out of the rest of that series. Watching this fucking thing was just like, oh my god, I I would pay so much money to be able to watch a season of this show because yeah. holy shit was it beautifully animated and also like the the emotional turmoil that went inside of it also just like the way that they turned okay so so this girl is a uh a i guess it's a child labor facility i don't know if child labor is yeah, considered to be a bad thing of- inside of the star wars universe it probably depends on the planet, but it's some sort of slavery, indentured servitude. Like, they're not, they're resigned to it. This is not something that they're super happy about. And it's not like a Hunger Games thing where they're like, ah, it's a necessary evil. They're just kind of like, this is true. And so, you know, you just got to roll with those punches. Uh, but yeah, it's a girl and her group of friends. And yeah. The girl's and like. They're working inside of this facility. By the way, how fucking good was that opening like scroll sequence where it's just like the, the, like you can see the different layers of this like mining facility as you like go up it. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so beautifully done. Well, and you spend almost literally no time there. So it's, it is a detail for no other reason than like, you know, scene setting and world building, which isn't, isn't bad, but it, you you could definitely do this without it. It's not necessary, but it makes it better. And it, it's really cool that they put that time and effort into thinking that through, even though the story is not about the facility where they work. Yeah. I was left I was left really, really interested as well. Like are, is this gonna be a story of a a young like Padawan training? a Jedi going to figure something out? Is this just a world inside of the Star Wars universe that's not actually going to be about the Force and about being a Jedi? Um, Instead, it was uh, a turn-it-on-your-head sort of thing. Um, So this girl and her friends, they go up to Screecher's Reach, and Screecher's Reach is like a... um, I think it's like a local folklore area sort of don't go there because there is an evil spirit haunting it. Um, It turns out in the neighborhood. What's that? It's the haunted house in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. So it turns out that uh, instead of it being a fake haunted fake place, instead it is actually being 
controlled and run by a rabid, crazy Sith that is yeah. going to try she's to murder you with there? a fucking lightsaber. Yeah, it's like she's she was trapped there or something. I don't know. There, uh, It wasn't 100% clear. I mean, they, these things are like 15 minutes long, so they cut some narrative corners just so because you, you get the idea. I don't know 100% why she's down there, but you kind of get the impression that like, oh, she got stuck here or she came here and sort of some marbles shook loose and now she's just here all the time. I don't know exactly what's going on, but like, yeah, she's not a ghost. She's a real person. She just is sort of ghostly because I guess she screams a bunch and that's probably why it's called Screechers Reach. And, uh, she's not pleased that she has a visitor. That's not chill for her. Um, and so, yeah, she, she definitely tries to kill the little girl protagonist and the girls like to her friends who also, how do they make these friends so endearing so quickly? Oh, so fucking Um, fast. They also, every single character, the way that they are drawn is drawn with full fucking personality. Um, and everything that each one of the different characters does, you're just like, I know who this person is so fast instead of it being like one of those things where it's like a caricature of a specific kind of person. Instead, it is just a well flushed out character that is hit so fast on top of you by like a couple of lines and the way that they interact with each other. You can just tell their relationship. And this is, this is kind of a hallmark of Um, one of the things that is often done very badly inside of movies and television shows, which is that uh, a lot of times child actors are written off because they're just like, well, the the character that they're going to play is a kid. And it's just like, kids are just younger versions of real people. And the some of the best shows and some of the best things that have endeared through people's lives that people remember a very obvious version of this in very recent memory is Stranger Things. If it is yeah. done correctly, they can be some of like the most endearing characters that you get attached to. And I would argue that like Stranger Things does that very fast. You know who Mike is so fast. You know who... like. Just everybody in that show, you can figure out their dynamic and the way that they interact with people so, so quickly. And it's the same way inside of this show, except for it's going to turn it all in its fucking head and make you, like, almost tear up at the end. Did you Oh yeah. Did I you get, like, yep. like, stuck in your feelings by the time those doors, like, slid shut? Yeah, I really did. Uh, like, and again, now that, that goes back to, like, they are definitely sort of subtly and cleverly deploying tropes in the way that I think stranger things does, you know, these, the, the characters aren't super unique. Uh, you know, they, they have grown and become their own people, but part of endearing yourself to somebody really quickly is using a shorthand. We all understand sort of who this kid is because we've seen them before or we were them before, you know? And so they're kind of doing the same thing here with these characters. But like Spencer said, they have such strong character design that it really adds to it. And there there are little details that are put into it, like the crawl at the beginning that um, create that like greater sense of immersion, a greater sense, which may be illusory, but that that really puts you as the viewer into the mindset of like, there's more going on here. There's a real history. There's really stuff beneath the surface and that kind of thing. And they they deploy this so well 
that like you feel very strongly connected to these kids and their um their connection with one another and i would also point out the voice acting is extremely strong um i I remember thinking while watching it uh wow this voice acting is really working very very well for me and i think because those performances were strong because the writing and the character design everything kind of comes together as this swirl of you know excellent work coalescing around itself that it it becomes just super effective by the end to the extent that yeah i totally teared up at the end like it it's brief enough and you haven't lived in this world long enough that i actually like broke down over it but if they had put any more into this i don't think i would have made it through also the twist can we talk uh-huh. about the twist yeah. like because i yeah it we can took so, me by uh, surprise so much because i expected if you're, if you're listening and you haven't watched this yet and you have any interest go ahead and go watch it the twist is worth being surprised by yeah anyway now that you're gone. So, spoiler alert, here we go. The twist inside of this is that she strikes down the Sith with uh uh with like a a falling uh like a falling rock falls on the Sith because she is using she uses a little uh, force her, powers, I think, her doesn't she? Force powers to try to pull her to her. And she's kind of losing her mind whatever last part of it is left, this creature woman. And uh the thing that is left over is this lightsaber. The uh, Sith, she lost her lightsaber, and so uh, the girl is met with a decision to make, which is she can either let this woman pull the lightsaber out of her hand or she can strike her down with her own lightsaber. And she makes the decision that she is going to have to kill her. And she does. And she comes out of there shaken. And there's a pendant around her neck that she has been kind of talking to. And the way that I, I sort of perceived it to begin with was just like, this must be from her, you know, lost family member or something like yeah. that. Like her mother yeah. or her father, whoever left her hair there left Yet this another, like to stay strong. Y- this is another trope shorthand. You're like, Oh, she's got a pendant. This is probably an heirloom. You know, she's talking to it to sort of like talk herself through these situations. This nope. is something you see all the time, but that's not what this is. Nope, this is a leftover fucking communicator from a Sith Lord that is looking for an apprentice. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, I think is happening here is that this must be the previous apprentice of the Screecher. And the Screecher, because, okay, so a Sith always has an apprentice. And to become the next Sith, you must kill your master. I believe that's how it is. Like other Star Wars people, please chime in inside of the Discord yeah, if I'm off, incorrect, but, but I believe that's how it is. Um, yeah, it's around. It's and, something like that. It, and so she's basically used this girl that uh, to become her apprentice. She has used her to strike down her previous master so that now she can take on this girl as her apprentice. And I was just like, what the fuck? Also, the way that they do that ship is so yeah. fucking cool. It's like uh it, it 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 pulls down and it's like in the shape of like the Sith emblem and it bends itself out like it's uh the if anybody hasn't seen Nope, I, I don't want to give this away. Yeah. But there I thought about there nope is something too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you should see Nope. 
Anyways, it um, made me think about there that. Is, right. There is a way that a spacecraft is done in Nope that was very reminiscent of this, where it's just like it looks like it's made of cloth and just like whips into like a different shape and bends forward to like let its driver down in a fucking cool way. And I was just like, all I could think about. All I could think about as soon as I hit this, the end the first time was just like, number one, I'm going to watch this again. And number two, this needs to be a fucking television show so fast. It would just be so fucking popular. And how are we not already creating this into a show instead of watching like Star Wars Clone Wars? And I know that some people are fans of that show, but the animation quality of this fucking anime or this this uh, Star Wars Visions chapter is just like another fucking caliber. It's just, uh, I want to watch all of it. It reminded me yeah. of like a a more avant-garde version of Samurai Jack. Did you feel that? Um, you know, I actually haven't seen Samurai Jack. I've only caught a couple episodes here and there, so I'm not qualified to answer that question. Well, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so this is, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Like I said, it's my favorite of the first three. Um, it's really good. I feel like the the first three were all good for me. Obviously, we'll talk about the third one next next time, and then we'll keep going through them. Um, but yeah, these have these have been really good. Um, I felt like la- season one was really some of them were excellent, and some of them were just kind of fun. And so far, all the first three of these, I felt like have been both. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah. My body is ready for more. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hey, Blake, uh, I, I liked when you did the 30-second intro thing last week. You want to do that you again? You gave me a minute, I thought. I had a minute, didn't I? No, you had you had 30 seconds. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm Can ready. you do Naruto in 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, especially right now when we're like in the midst of some like deep continuity political consequences. That's going to be super easy. Yeah, so you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> okay. Timer begins. Now, go. Nar- what? Did you say now and then no? <laughs> no, I said go. You're, you're wasting time, Blake. Okay. Naruto's a ninja in training. Uh, he has a former partner, Sasuke, that uh, defected to the baddies because of a revenge quest. That revenge quest has been completed, but he's still hanging with the baddies. And now everybody in the ninja world is putting out a price on his head. There, all the ninja presidents of the five great ninja nations are meeting to discuss this and to form an alliance. And Naruto's going there to try and help Sasuke not be uh, the target. And Sasuke's going there because he wants to cause uh, additional chaos as part of his ongoing revenge plan. Um, and there's a bunch of other characters. <laughs> all right, you did that in you did that in 45 seconds. Um, I, okay, I gave you that's a pretty good. More leeway. But uh, I think it was a I think it was a solid B plus. <laughs> Thanks. I don't think we're gonna get better than that in thirty seconds, especially not you know two hundred episodes into a time skip sequel series that is itself like two hundred episodes long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, here we go. Episode two hundred one. Painful decision. So here's the thing. Um, so I I don't know. I'd never know if Sai is legitimately real or if it's just another long con. Do you ever feel that when you're watching Sai interact with anybody ever? No, I I think maybe this is me metagaming a little bit too much, but I think 
I think Sai's purpose at, at this point in the story is to show the effectiveness of Naruto as a protagonist. And Naruto's major effectiveness, which is ironically directly invoked here in these episodes, is his ability to talk people into his way of thinking. And so, you know, Sai's whole bit, whole deal is because he was like a child soldier spy, he has like no grasp on emotions. And Naruto has sort of helped him get in touch with that. And so I, I read this as sincere. But again, I think part of that is me sensing, rightly or wrongly, a sort of meta shift in the character's purpose in the story overall. See, I, I, I hope that that's the case. But also, if, if, if I were a spy and I was trying to disrupt a group of people that were trying to deal with something that my secret boss has told me to do secretly um, and know that it's going to conflict with that specifically, um, wouldn't something that I do, would, wouldn't it be uh, to disrupt the group of people by throwing a wrench in there, like telling the girl that Naruto is in love with her so that maybe she can go and kind of like fuck up whatever kind of chemistry that they've normally had would be. I, I know that that's not the way that it's presented, but in my yeah. head, when I yeah, watched it, it, all I could think was just like, this feels like some shit Danzo would have asked him to do. Yeah, like this, this could be presented with a different tone and different surrounding circumstances, but the exact same choices, and it would totally work the way you're saying you're right. I don't. I don't think either of us believes that he is playing some sort of villainous long con here. He seems to have functionally defected to the side of the goodies. Um, yeah. But also, um, you're right. Also, if he was trying to fuck him up, to, this would be effective. Uh, huh? <laughs> I was. I was just saying. You're right. If he was trying to mess him up, this would be completely effective. This would totally work. Yeah. Also, yeah, he's, by the way, he, he has a conversation. Episodes, Oh, what? Yeah, 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 go. These episodes uh, really show the kind of, like, depths of Shikamaru's not giving a single fuck if he has to figure out something. You know, if he's going to be forced to do something, which, you know, obviously he never wants to do anything, that's just his character. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if he's going to be forced very to utilitarian. do something, he is going to be doing it in, like, probably the most brutal way possible. And in order for him to deal with that rationally he's going to actually come to um sakura and be like hey uh are you cool if i kill sasuke because it needs to be done because there yeah. is a building war between the leaf and the cloud villages um and if we don't blow this up the uh the we're going to have not only a war against the akatsuki but also an interfactional war between two of the different ninja villages. And if that's going to be the case, it could, it could turn into the Akatsuki winning because there's infighting in the like joint, the, the joint ninja forces. Yeah. He's sort of, uh, you know, cost benefits analyzing the uh, political situation here, which is very on brand for him. And it, it's really interesting. It's interesting in the context of Sai having this conversation with Sakura, because he's, he is taking on the role of an impartial observer uh, because he has not been friends with these people for a long time. Um, he's able to sort of like have that outside perspective that you sometimes lose when you're in the middle of a situation. And uh, 
you know, he has this conversation with Sakura that I was like, half of me was like, I don't know that this is appropriate for him to be like spilling the beans on Naruto's feelings. But it's also like, if you're friends with one person and you're friends with the other person and those two people, at least in some combination, have clear feelings for each other, it is within your realm of, you know, business and appropriateness to sort of point out the feelings of one to the other. So I guess, you know, I'm allowing it. And then, yeah, Sasuke, sorry, uh, Shikamaru is just like very, very grimly focused on this and everybody is upset, but Shikamaru being the, you know, the adult in the room of all these characters is like, look, this is our responsibility. And it might be the, it might be the difference between like a, uh, many years war, like our pretty direct predecessors went through um, or not having one of those and maybe having unity and peace in our time. And so let's probably choose that one. And it's yeah. a good point. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, inside of the Kage summit, uh, shit is going to go fucking sideways so fast. Um, yep. So first and foremost, uh, it has been revealed that uh, in, in the world of ninjas, uh, it is it is very very common for people to steal other people's eyes. Um, so we know this because we already have a main character of ours who has a Sharingan because he got it from a friend of his. Um, we also know now uh, from this episode that there's one character um, who has uh, they have gained the. Um, uh, Oh man, I can never pronounce this correctly, but I believe it's the uh, Yakagan. Um, yeah, you did it. That's and they they acquired that from a different ninja at a different point, and they are probably going to during use the that previous war. If yeah. I had to guess, they are going to use that to figure out that Danzo also has Sharingan. And yeah. he has Sharingan with the ability to uh, manipulate other people's perspectives, and they know that. So they're going to be like, I call bullshit on us voting for you to be the leader of this summit. And yeah. uh, Danzo is going to get all, you know, immediately sort of up in arms inside of this. And you, you, think, that, you think that everybody is about to, you know, kind of come to a head. And then... Well, they are you know, all before, pulled but, apart by Zetsu just fucking appearing. Yeah, before that, Danzo makes an interesting decision because he is the Black Ops leader of the Leaf Village. So he's definitely he's definitely like Dark Nick Fury machinations kind of situation where he's like he is sort of trying to be the man behind the curtain of all of this. And a lot of his maneuvering has been to get him political power. And he is on the cusp of it. And they have found out that he might be manipulating their thoughts and emotions in order to do that. And instead of being like, yeah, I have the Sharingan, but I'm not using it. Or, no, I don't have the Sharingan and trying to like call the question, which would not have worked. But, you know, that, that's an option. He goes for the, the surprise third route of just being like, yeah, I do have that. And also, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> But I'm doing it for the good of all of us here, so suck it up and vote for me anyway. And that is yeah. a bold play. Uh, and yeah, it, they don't really get into it because, yes, White Zetsu shows up. So Zetsu is the flytrap guy, and he has his body is sort of like down, down the middle. There's a straight line, and half of him is sort of like pitch black, and half of him is like, you know, plain white. 
And uh, it turns out that he's able to split the white part off and it is sort of like an independent being. And that thing shows up in the middle of this meeting and is like, what's up? Uh, I'm a villain. And also Sasuke, you all think that he's a villain because he is right now for sure. Uh, and he's here and he wants to kill all of you. So if you uh, care about that at all, you can stop having this meeting and go deal with that instead. <laughs> yeah. I is going to immediately grab and kill Zetsu. It happens so fast. Um, yeah, and then uh, Toby is going to appear before Naruto and he's just like, hey, we need to talk. And that takes us into episode 202, Racing Lightning. Okay, Blake. Uh, what? What the fuck? What the fuck are they supposed to do with Toby at this point inside of the series? <laughs> like, you I ever don't think know. about like what what you were supposed to do with somebody who has basically shown that they can be anywhere, anytime that they want, and also become intangible, so you can never tar- touch them and interact with them. Also, they may yeah. be you know one of the most powerful ninja in the universe. It's a uh, it's it's a it's a sort of like what are you what's your response supposed to be when uh you know ninja demon god shows up? Yeah, I think of this too as sort of a writing challenge. Again, getting lost in the weeds of the meta of it all, where it's like it is so hard if you're putting together an action series where the stakes continue to rise with each new villain, because this guy is going to be one of, if not the final villains, uh, and I think. I think even if you haven't proceeded in the story past this, you you have that sense. And if you have that sense, you're accurate. And you can feel he's being built up to be that. And part of building up the final villain is creating a sense of, I don't know how they're going to win. And part of that is to make the villain seem unbeatable. And here he frequently is like, you can't beat me. And he seems completely accurate about that because they throw multiple attacks at him. Naruto, he's approached Naruto. Naruto attacks him. Doesn't work. Then Yamato and Kakashi, who are both nearby, who were out of sight for us, at least. I'm sure that Toby knew that they were there. Uh, But, you know, they sort of theoretically surprise attack him. It doesn't work. And he says outright at one point, like, you should know that there are no attacks that you have available to you that will work against me. And I'm not sure that that's literally true. I'm sure there are certain circumstances in which they would be able to hit him. But in this case, it is functionally true. This is a great challenge of like writing your, you know, all powerful villain that the heroes need to figure out how to defeat is that sometimes you make them so all powerful that it's hard to see any reasonable way to beat him. And he's really flirting with that if not outright embracing it here um but good news he's not here to fight he just wants to talk uh he is accessing the greatest power in the naruto universe conversation and he is like look naruto here's what you did i have this guy pain uh also called nagato but his you know nom de guerre is pain and he is like you know my top general And he's leading this grand crusade of mine for years and years and years with this huge fucking chip on his shoulder that is deeply personal. And you come along and after like 15 minutes of conversation, you get him to just renege on his entire life's mission. And what the fuck is that? What did did you say to him? (laughs) I find this such an interesting angle. And it also makes perfect sense like yeah the villain is like wow shit you can disrupt my plans in ways that i did not anticipate 
he also needs Naruto alive because Naruto has the fox demon inside of him. Uh, even though theoretically he might have been able to steal Naruto away to resolve that issue in a different sense, uh, he doesn't do that here. And so there's just this interesting tension where he's like, even if he wanted to, he couldn't kill Naruto right now because it would ruin his own plans. And uh, Naruto is ruining his plans by being himself. And so what do you do with that? I guess you just go talk to the guy and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, also, they're going to run into an issue here, uh, with which is that uh, they, they're they going to decide to give you just um, uh, world lore, uh, and they're going to give it to you in, in Toby form relatively soon. Um, and before we get to that, though, uh, we get to watch a sick fight sequence. This is going to be one of those times where I tell you to watch this episode if you're really interested in Naruto fights again. Um, just because this sequence is so fucking good. Um, it's, it's a battle between I, his bodyguards and Sasuke and Sasuke's crew. Um, there, there is just such good back and forth. Um, after Sasuke destroys a whole bunch of different samurai, um, he's going to get into a a fight with I. What's that? They are the completely useless mooks of this. We've traded out the, on Boo oh, Black Ops team for the big samurai, which, you know, I guess sort of works because, like, at least the samurai are something else and we've not seen them or been told by the narrative that they are the fucking Black Ops team of this universe. So this feels a little bit better, but they are also sort of like the neutral observers of this event. They're the bodyguards of it. They are clearly respected in some aspect of the ninja world because all five of the great ninja leaders agreed to have them host and bodyguard the event. And they are useless. They might as well not be there. Yep. Um, Here's the issue that comes up though. Um, They are all going to be able to kind of go toe to toe with these bodyguards. Um, Sasuke's crew that is. So Sasuke is going to get into a fight um, with C, um, uh, Jugo is going to fight against AI. Um, and we're also going to see Karen, who is trying to find Danzo. So Sasuke is going to be able to uh, take out C with a Genjutsu. Jugo, yeah, they're, however, they're goal. The team, thinks he the goal gets the upper hand. Team. He uses like his curse mark, and then he's going to fight against I. And then he thinks he's won, but I is just like, you are already dead, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's worth noting that the goal of Sasuke's team here is to find Danzo. They aren't yeah. crazy about the rest of the ninja because they're all sort of, you know, on the side, theoretically, of Danzo. But Danzo is the guy who gave the kill order for Sasuke's family. So this is part of his revenge now that he has found out uh, the story that presumably uh, Toby is telling to Naruto right now about the, the reality of the, you know, massacre of Sasuke's family. So... He's here for that, but I is stepping on that. But yeah, I I is just fucking awesome. He's so cool. And he's like a big brawler because his his whole thing is that he just uses lightning energy to charge himself up to be real fast and strong. It's kind of similar to Killua from Hunter x Hunter. Um, and I, I really like this. He's just real fast and he's shocky and he's, he's doing big hits. And uh, he totally faces Jugo. Like, Jugo is not dead, but he's not going to survive if he doesn't do something about it. Um, and also, uh, because they, I guess, because they come from the land of the clouds and that's the lightning people, 
a lot of them have lightning energy, and so um, Suigetsu also gets taken out of the fight by having uh, himself pinned to a wall by an electrified sword. And because Suigetsu's body is sort of malleable water, like he, he sort of liquefies himself, and that's his whole shtick, having this electric current run through him has has left him unable to excise himself from the wall because he is not able to control his like physical functions enough to do so. And so now it's just a fight between Sasuke and I, and it's real good. Uh, it's, a, it's a real good fight. I don't want to like ignore it here, but I agree with Spencer that this one, this is one that's worth watching if these are the types of fights you enjoy and it's a good one. Yeah. And that takes us into episode 203, Sasuke's Ninja Way. Uh, first, we're going to find out what was happening previously on uh, the, the conversation with Toby and Naruto, which Toby is going to tell them uh, a couple of important things. First, uh, there was a contract to kill the Uchiha. That was Itachi. Itachi was told to do this. And because of that, Sasuke is going to be filled with hate. However... The issue that he has is that he has inherited one of the things from the two different paths. So, there is the Sage of Six Paths who had two sons. And those the Sage of the Six Paths was like the first ninja. and Or the first ninja that was able to use jutsus. Is that what it was? Yeah, he um, was the one... He was the, the one who had the Rinnegan... And in legend and possibly in actual history is the uh, supposed originator of the ninja ability to utilize ninjutsu. Like he he started making ninjutsu and it sort of introduced that concept to the world. Yeah. So there were two sons. Um, one. Two brothers. Had love and friendship. And uh, there was another who was obsessed with power and war and hatred. Sasuke comes from one brother and it has inherited that. And Naruto yeah, that, has that brother's, inherited the other one. Yeah, that brother's lineage is a is the Uchiha. Like that's he, his he, his descendants became the Uchiha. Naruto is part of the Leaf Village. I don't know that I don't remember if Naruto is directly related to the first Hokage. Um, that's the Senju clan, which is the other brother's lineage. And this is not like a biblical thing where it's like, all oh, ninja came from this. Because like, you know, ninjutsu, chakra, this, these are techniques that can be learned. So I don't believe you have to have descended from one of these brothers in order to be a ninja. Um, so I, it's unclear to me if this is a literal genealogy thing. Uh, that that Naruto is supposed to to be involved in, or if this is a figurative situation, I, I'm not sure. And I, that is probably spelled out explicitly somewhere. I don't believe it's spelled out explicitly in these episodes, and I just don't remember. Uh, you're welcome to let me know if you do remember. Um, I think there is. I think there is an answer, but one way or the other, this is semi metaphorical, but also sort of. It's one of those mystical things where you can kind of take it as read, where it's like, I don't know that this is exactly how things work, but this they're sort of establishing this as a as a behavior pattern that we should just accept as the audience here. And I, I think that's fine. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the rest of this episode is going to be focused on Sasuke versus I. Um, and it's basically going to be Sasuke has gotten to the point where he is just kind of ridiculously powerful. Um, he yeah. is able to use Sasano um, in order to like cause a cave in and fight against people. He's also just going to be able to fucking throw around Amaterasu to the point where like everybody's just like, fuck, fuck, we have to get out of here. We're going to be all burned alive. And I, even though he is ridiculously powerful too, it has to like, the only way that he is able to get around this is by using one of his own arms and sacrificing it into the Amaterasu fire in order to like get close enough to Sasuke so he can land a blow. Yeah, because the, the Susanoo is like a nearly perfect shield uh, around Sasuke. And in order to penetrate that shield, I knows that he is strong enough, but that he will have to attack head on enough and probably will have enough of a delay from just bouncing against that shield that he will not be able to dodge the Amaterasu, which is the unquenchable flame. And so he just lets his arm get caught on fire with the understanding that he's going to have to cut it off in order to not get burned up. And, uh, and he just does that. But in exchange, he is able to hit Sasuke in a way that I think is relevant. Sasuke's already slowing because these techniques are extremely draining and fairly new to him. So he's, he doesn't really know maybe how to modulate that. Um, yeah. But also it doesn't hurt. It, it doesn't hurt for the the heroes that they landed a pretty significant blow on him, even through that shield. That's definitely going to shake his confidence if nothing else. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so we, we have, we have one more episode to go through um, because I is going to be saved by Gara in the very end of this. Um, yeah. And Sasuke is going to continue to fight forward. And that takes us into episode 204 power of the five Kage. So, first and Mostly foremost, we find out that Killer B did not Kage. get abducted. He just ran away. Yeah. I don't know why they put this flashback here. And if I remember correctly, they've already revealed that Sasuke did not actually get the real Killer B. So this felt very out of left field. Yeah, it to was, the point it was that a, I was like, wait, was for real? It was a why moment. <laughs> Uh-huh. This is, a, this is a weird storytelling decision. This is a, this is a maybe a pacing error if if I'm if I as someone who has not made a successful manga am allowed to give critiques on someone who has. I think maybe this was a mistake in putting it here, but uh you know, it is here and basically Killer B hides in the detached tail of his big big boss monster that lives inside of him and tricks Sasuke into thinking that they've captured the real thing and then once Sasuke leaves like another guy comes along who's like also into rap, I guess. And Killer B loves rap. And so he's like, I'm going to hang out with you, but also neglect to tell anybody in the village that I am not captured and still alive and just fucked off with no warning to do this instead. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. weird. This is a weird yeah. series of events. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Sasuke is continuing to battle his way forward. He is making it further and further. Karen has uh, located Danzo. Danzo, in return, has been like, I knew you were there the whole time because I have some people with me. Also, we're going to be introduced to how May fights. Uh, you point out I that she her. has she has fucking three chakra natures. 
Um, yeah. Also, I forgot that she had fucking two Keke Genkai. Like, what the fuck is this woman? Yeah, she's cool. That's uh, that's the major thing. She's so she's the Mizukage. She's one of the, the presidents. She's the, she's water president, <laughs> and she is like so. Usually, ninja are relegated to specializing in two elements. There's fire, water, wind, earth, and lightning. Those are the five chakra elements in this universe and so she is able to do attacks from three of those she has fire she has water she has earth because she does magma stuff which is just awesome i love it uh, very similar to lightning powers this is just a trope that i am super into pretty much every time it shows up and i'm into it here and uh she also being one of the ninja presidents is just super powerful and they talk about the Keke Genkai. They don't explain which things are the Keke Genkai. I kind of read into this, uh, and I might be wrong here, that one of her Keke Genkai was just the ability to use three chakra natures instead of two and to sort of be proficient at them. Um, it, it's unclear if the magma that she like spits from her mouth is its own Keke Genkai or is just the result of being able to like control fire, water, earth. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which of these things is the Keke Genkai, which of these things is the three natures and whether or not those are overlapping. Uh, but it is yeah. badass, and I'm just here for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it turns out that uh, Sasuke is not going to be able to be strong enough to fight against Mei. Um, but it also turns out that, uh, Toby was just like, oh, the reason he had to peace out from this conversation he was having about the past was because he had to go there, save Sasuke, take him out of this fight and be like, by the way, um, I have a plan. My name is Madara and, uh, let me talk to you about it. Welcome to my, uh, convention, my Ted talk. And I would like to talk to you. Yeah, this is so there also there's a a little section before this where like white Zetsu is revealed to be alive. So is he unkillable? I don't know what the deal is there. But yeah, he was playing dead, I guess, even though he was definitely like neck snapped in front of everybody. Uh, And he also has like spore powers. So when he showed up, he secretly spread spores around and everybody that's still in the vicinity has like white zetsus start growing on them out of these invisible spores at the same time that white zetsu reveals he's still alive and that distraction stops everybody from attacking sasuke so that he is able to be rescued by madara and yeah i'm pretty sure also that we already knew that madara was toby or that toby was madara i think they've had this discussion multiple times so this is sort of news to these characters, but it's definitely not news to us. <laughs> and there was this part of me that was like, stop presenting this like it's new information, even if it is new information to some people. Or it, it is still unbelievable, right? He should be dead for a long time. Uh, he's he's too old to still be alive, but he is. Or it's somebody pretending to be him, or it's some sort of illusion, or I don't know. There are there are possibilities, but like we've kind of gone over the fact that this dude is or is claiming to be Madara a couple of times. But yeah, he's he is, I guess, yet again letting the cat out of the bag, but this time with all the leaders of the ninja world. So that's 
still a bigger deal than it has been in the past. I'll allow it, but I'm also like, stop doing this. (laughs) And yeah, this is the first time I think that he has said out loud the name of his plan, which is Project Suki Nome. And he is apparently going to talk to them about it. Uh, We're not going to see that today because that's going to be our next time's coverage for Naruto. But uh, I also don't think that he tells them all the details, right? He's not James Bond villaining because there's a lot more episodes to go. So I'll be curious to see. It's been a long time since I've watched this. I'll be curious to see what he actually says to them once we get back to this. Yeah, but what we're saying next, uh, you'll have to find out after these credits. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a geek-centric website that covers all manners of topics from video games and anime to tabletop games, board games, comics, and more. If you're looking for a website to add to your daily rotation for some of the latest news, reviews, and overall takes on where geek culture is headed, make sure to bookmark thegeeklygrind.com and pay us a visit. I also wanted to thank you uh, for being a faithful listener to this podcast. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is a vital member of our podcast family which also includes Knights of the World Table, which is a D&D audio drama podcast, The Ink and Paint Club, an animation podcast, Comic Book Keepers, which is a comic book podcast, and Geek Exploration, the podcast which is on general geek culture. We also have the Geekly Grind podcast, which provides audio renditions of our published articles, special guests, and more. Make sure to seek those out and listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we've got our Bleach episodes returning with episodes 64 through 68. Also, don't forget, if you are not a patron, you're what you're listening to the first couple of episodes of Bleach. So, I mean, yeah. like, make your decision now. You can listen to the cool episodes <laughs> that are totally not filler. <laughs> or you can... Yeah. You can You can listen to us be idiots from the past. Anyways, (laughs) talk to you later. (laughs)